You think God designed the plan by which he came to this earth and shed his blood became the sacrifice for our sins that you and I could be set free, filled with his spirit, simply so that we could feel a few goosebumps and have somewhere to run to and ask and, 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 get, and get our prayers answered in a time of need. I ask you today, and the biggest kind of buzzword in Christianity today is, what's my destiny? What's my purpose? Well, you know what? Can I tell you today? You don't have a purpose. You don't have a purpose. Because the Bible says all things work together for good to them that are called according to whose? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up the truck there for a second. All things work together for good to them that are called according to whose purpose? Whoa, whoa. Where's my purpose, God? Where's my purpose? God, why are you putting me through this? What's my purpose? Not your purpose. It's my purpose. My purpose is in you. Notice, Mary was pregnant. Many months pregnant. She had been given the purpose, but she wasn't in the right position to fulfill the purpose. And at many months pregnant, she had to go on a journey from one city to another. Pregnant, uncomfortable, so that she could get in the right position to fulfill the purpose. The journey that she was on had to have been miserable. I can't imagine being that pregnant. And having to ride on the back of an animal and every bump and every rock and every pebble and every slip was probably very uncomfortable. Why wouldn't God wait and put her in that position earlier? Because the purpose, the position and the purpose go hand in hand. Some of you, you feel a purpose, but now you're in the process of being in position. And that positioning process sometimes is not the most comfortable journey. And you know what David was read today and Sister Wright was talking about it. And this verse came to my mind because David is probably one of the, well, he had extreme highs, but he had some deep, dark places he went to. The great thing about David was he didn't hide those dark places. He let us in a little bit on them. And this had to have been a very low moment for David to utter the words, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, not the words of my calling, but the words of my roaring, meaning I'm yelling, and the more I yell, I'm not just calling on you, oh Lord, if you're here. I'm yelling and you don't hear me. I tried in the morning, you know. I'm going to get up early morning prayer, right? Because that's when God answers prayer. I tried in the morning, you don't, I stay up at night, you don't hear me. But 
apart. Holy. You know, the biggest test that we walk through is when God goes silent. The biggest test that we walk through as Christians in this life is when God goes silent. But why does God go silent? There are different things we could talk about today. But sometimes in that silence, it's not punishment. I said this before, I'll say it again. If God wanted to punish you, you wouldn't have to ask the question, am I being punished? Go look at the scriptures. You find if God's going to punish, it's pretty obvious God's going to punish. There's no question, am I being punished? I got spanked when I was a child. In the middle of being spanked, I wasn't asking, am I in trouble? I knew I could feel the burning on my backside. I knew I was in trouble. I wasn't asking. Uh, Excuse me for a second. Can you stop that spanking uh, there, uh, Father? Uh, Am I in trouble? No. I knew. And some of you ask, well, am I, is God mad at me? Am I in trouble? If God was mad at you, you would know it. So why does God go silent in our life? Some of you, he's gone silent. Because in that silence, there's a maturity that he's trying to bring you to. And you know what? I had to say this. And it was, I would say it as kindly as I can. But some of us need to grow up. Do you honestly think we can have revival and harvest and face persecution if we're not mature enough to handle it? Woo. Turn on the television. Turn on the radio. Look at the newspaper. Go online. This is not exactly the easiest world to have an opinion in. And we're telling people they need to believe in Jesus. You don't think that's, you think that's going to be easy? You don't think we're going to face persecution? You don't think we're going to be ridiculed and mocked? And on top of that, not only do we believe that, but we go farther. We believe you got to do this thing. Kill a mosquito, kickstart a Honda. We got to speak in tongues. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to tell me. And you expect... That is not going to bring persecution on us. Of course it is. But you know what? In the maturity of our walk with God, His purpose. His purpose. His purpose. He said, but thou art holy. He remembered, wait a minute. Everything that's happening is going to work for my good. Because you're holy. All things work together for good to them that are called according to His purpose. If you don't have confidence that all things are working for your good today, it's a telltale sign that you're not walking in His purpose. You're walking in your own purpose. And if I'm walking in my own purpose, I don't have a guarantee that everything's going to work out. I can cross my fingers and hope and come to the altar and beg God, but I have no guarantee. But if I know He's and I'm in His purpose... There have been times that God 
You know what? It's one thing to stand there and you lift your hands and it's like, whoo, praise God, give me a word. And God gives you a word and you're like, oh, you're going to do this and this and I'm going to bless you with that. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait. But then the blessing comes. You're like, time out. I thought this was supposed to be a blessing. Why does it feel more like a curse? But you know what? Those blessings that God gives us that we know come from Him. I'll go back and I'm, I, I've used this before and I apologize for using it again. And I don't want to go tell the whole story, but my wife and I had two kids and we were contemplating whether or not we'd be done. And, and that's a long story not to go into. But God spoke to us very clearly, said, I'm going to give you a, another child. And so we had number three, and if you've ever gone from two to three, you know that's like jumping off the end of the rope somewhere down there. I don't know what happens. Something changes from two to three. And I remember sitting there like four or five months into that, and I was depressed. I mean, I'm not a depressed person, but I was depressed because I don't know what it was. The dynamic had changed. Everything had changed. And I'm sitting there. I'm going, okay, God, what's up with this? You promised, you gave us this, you've done, and all that, and in the middle of that, I had to come to one conclusion. It's all working out because this is your purpose. Too many times we want to make a decision, and then we run to God to back up our decision. We want to run, we want to, we want to, we want to make a choice, and then we want God to back up that choice with ever giving Him the option of what you want to, what He, what, do you want me to do? We make the choice and we say, okay, God, you back me up. But if I know I'm walking his purpose in some of you today, it's not, it's not, life isn't good. It's a frustrating moment and you're struggling, but you cannot deny one thing. You cannot deny that you are walking in his purpose. God puts you here. You're walking and you go back unless you've messed it somewhere. You can sit here today and go, I know I'm walking in his purpose. I know I'm here in the will of God. So if I know I'm here and I know I'm in the will of God, I know one thing. I have confidence that all things are going to work together for good. Let's be honest today, folks. It hasn't been the easiest of six months. There's been a lot of transition. There's been a lot of turmoil. There's been a lot of things in all of us emotionally, in all of this happening. And there's been some times where I'm sure some of you have questioned, you know, is this all worth it? What are we doing? It's just easier to go back to the way that things are. But when you peel all the layers back, I know one thing. We are in the perfect will of God. And there are things that are not working against us. There are things that aren't going the way we want them to go. But I'm confident in one thing. Everything will work together. Because I'm in His purpose. But you know what? There's a greater, there's another step to this. And I don't know, the Lord's, the Lord's, it's funny how God operates. I thought what I had for this morning is apparently for tonight. What I had for tonight is apparently for this morning. So, he flip-flopped it on me. But read this, I'm going to read this for you real quick. In case you don't know, I am preaching, so don't, this is not a pre, pre-preach. pre And the good thing for you today is I'm very hungry. Although the bishop said Sunday night, it's good for you that my foot hurt. An hour and 40 minutes later, I'm like, is it numb? Did you cut it off? 
Apparently, it's not hurting anymore. I thought you said your foot was hurting. Oh, praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us into his adoption, children by Christ or Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise and glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the, in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Everybody say mystery. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. That word mystery there in the Greek me is mysterion. It is, it has the context of a secret society and meaning that there are things that if you're in the society that you know, but if you're not in the society, you don't know. And the only way you know these things is by being in this secret society and a sign of your membership is that you know these things. And there's many times the Bible uses that reference, the mystery. Talks to the mystery of uh, several places, especially Paul liked that word. But there's another meaning to the word mysterion. It actually has a military meaning. It has a Greek military meaning. And the mysterion was when a king would send his army off to fight but he would not tell his army their destination. He would only tell them the next step in their journey. And the reason why he would do that was because on the way to their destination, if one of them fell off the wayside or got captured or, or sick or whatever happened to them and they fell into the hands of the enemy, they would not know the plans of the king. Because if they knew the plans of the king, the adversary would be able to come against them. And the adversary would be able to discover what the plans were. And the whole campaign and the safety of the army would be made jeopardy. Because they would understand the destination. I don't know why it is, but for a lot of us today... The will of God beyond this moment seems like a dark hole. It seems like we don't know where we're going. It seems like we don't know where the end is. And you wonder, God, why, why? Tell me why. Part of that is this today, is that you're walking in the mystery of His will. Not in the mystery of if He doesn't know where you're going. He already knows the destination He has planned for you. But His desire is for you just to walk in the journey. Oh, great King, where are you going? Where are we going? I want you to march. Where am I marching to? That tree. Where are we going after that tree? Just march to the tree. I'll tell you when you get there. Why are we marching? Where are we going? Who are we fighting? Right now, you're going to that tree. 
But, but, but wait a minute. Are we, what country are we going to? What army are we going to face? What, what weapons are we going to need? Right now, you need to get to that tree. And you get to the tree and, okay, are you going to tell us? Yeah, guess what? Now you go to that hill. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to battle. We are going to battle. But right now, your fight is getting to that next point I've made for you. Why does it say that? Because the Bible says, if the princes of this world would have known, they would have not crucified him. The devil was used to create the purpose and the will in Christ Jesus. If he didn't know what he was doing, he would not have done it. But the mystery of the will kept the campaign intact. And God sometimes will not reveal your destination because in revealing your destination, he would open you up to the adversary to attack you in ways you can't even imagine. But what does he do? Because the devil is gullible, he allows the devil to work in your life, not for your evil, but to work in your life because his working sets you up for what God's trying to do. And if he knew what he was doing, if he knew what he was doing, he would never participate. But because of the mystery of the will. But that's a hard thing to ask sometimes. Because you know what, God, you know, God, what am I doing here? You're going to that tree. You know what? Sometimes it breaks it down as far as this. God, what do you want me to do? Make it to next Sunday. <laughs> But God, what's, what, what, what's, what's, what's your plan and purpose in my life? Well, you know, am I going to be doing this? Am I going to be leading that? Am I going to be speaking here? Am I going to be, I know, I mean, I mean am I going to be working miracles in your name? Get the Sunday morning. But God, you know, what, what, what? Get the Sunday morning. Why? Because all of this is bigger than you and I, folks. And I said it last night in prayer, and I don't know why the Lord's laid it on my heart today, but we're walking in it. I feel like I'm all over the place, but he'll just figure sometimes like a big jigsaw puzzle, you throw it out there, he puts all the pieces together. We have not come here. We have not done all this. I've said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. We have not done all this. We have not come here just to give you a shorter drive to church. Or for some of us, a little longer drive. We have not done all this to give you a shorter drive to church. My God, do you realize it would be so much easier if we would just stayed back in Egypt? I don't mean Arnold's Egypt. I'm saying it's metaphorically. Don't go quoting me on that. He called Arnold Egypt. What is he saying? Is Pastor David Pharaoh? I don't know what he's saying. I wasn't meaning it that way, metaphorically speaking. We, you should have left us alone. You should have left us alone, God, back in Egypt. You should have left us alone back in Egypt. Instead of taking us out here only to wander around in the wilderness without a home. 
And you know what? We didn't do all this, folks, because it was the easiest thing to do. We didn't do all this because it was the most, to, to, to give, uh, let's say it this way. I didn't do all this just to give me extra time to preach. We did this because ultimately there is a lost and dying world. And I got to be honest with you, and this may not sound, may not sound right, but I, I know, I know, I know it grieves God if it's the same people that show up every Sunday. Because you know what? If the same people show up every Sunday, it's like, okay, God, what do you have new for us today? You pulled a rabbit out of the hat last week. Are you going to cut a woman in half today? Are you going to levitate anybody? What kind of card trick do you have for us today, God? Come on, do something for us. Come on. Hey, we're ringing the bell. Do something for us. That grieves him so much because you know what? Ultimately, if we're washed in his blood and we're here today, that we are, we are a part of a bigger purpose than just showing up to church. I've said it. I said it last night. I'm going to say it again. I don't know what I'm saying all this. I'm just, maybe I'm just getting it on record. I don't even know. But bottom line is, the greatest blessing for us right now is that we're in a school. We've got beautiful property right up the street. It's plans to build a building. When that's completed, I don't know, but it's up there. It's going to be great one day, but right now we're here. And it's the greatest blessing for us because you look around, we're not in a church building. We don't have fancy pews. We've got wonderful murals on the back wall. Metal doors and the menu from yesterday. I always walk by and ask if there's anything good on there. That's maybe what makes me hungry. It's not a church building. Why? Because we don't need a church building. And the idea is the mentality, brother, brother, brother Jetty and I were talking last night, and the mentality has always been, let's get people to church. Let's go to church. Let's get people there. No, 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 no. It's not about getting people to church. It's about getting Jesus to the people. It's not about getting people to church as if that's the only place Jesus is. It's about getting Jesus to the people. And if you think we can sit here and God's going to solve all our problems or we can just be comfortable and go to heaven, we don't understand God. He didn't die for a select few. He died for all that all should find repentance, that all should be forgiven. And you know what? There are people out there that will reject it. They'll never be saved. But he died for every person and he's put you and I in position. And you know what? Our, his purpose is bigger than our comfort. That's the hardest thing to understand sometimes about God. But his purpose is bigger than our comfort. And you go back and you look at people in scripture and you look at, you look at Paul and you read the stuff Paul went through. My God. He went through stuff. He was beaten. He was hungry. He had no clothes. He was shipwrecked. But he was a part of the purpose. 
I think the biggest thing we got to ask today and we got to help, help the Lord help us with is, God, I want to walk in your purpose. If I can walk in his purpose, I can walk out of here today with confidence. Whatever I'm going through, it will work out. When? I don't know. How? Don't know that. But I know it will work out. Let's just take a moment right now and just close our eyes and bow our head. I want you just to talk to the Lord for a moment and just ask and say, God, I want to be in your purpose. I want to know what your purpose for me is. I don't want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what your purpose is. I want to know what your purpose is for me. Help me to walk in that purpose. Help me to walk in that purpose. Come on, let's just talk to the Lord for a moment. We need to do this right now. Some of us need to make some decisions. Some of us need to make some choices. Are we going to be in his purpose? Are we going to be married to his purpose? Are we going to be linked together, chained together in his purpose? You know what? Even in the purpose, I feel forsaken. But thou art holy. Thou art holy. Thou art holy. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. God, what do you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. God, tell me what, what you're going to make me and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll be that person. No, no, no. Right now, just march to the tree. Keep marching. But God, where am I going? Keep marching. God, who am I fighting? Keep marching. Right now, it's to keep marching. Keep marching. Keep marching. Keep marching. Keep marching. You'll know when you get there, but right now, keep marching. Keep marching. Keep marching. In Jesus' name, Father, you see every person in this room today. You brought us in this place. You've called us to this place. You've destined us to this place. And God, I know you have put in us a seed of revival, a seed of harvest. But Lord, I'm praying now that you would give us the grace to walk in your purpose. To give us grace. We feel forsaken. We feel like that heaven is shut up but we know one thing God you are holy and we know thing, one thing all things work together for good if we walk in your purpose if we walk in your purpose oh Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. You have called me, I will answer. Lead me, Lord, I will go. Oh, lead me, Lord, 
I will follow. Lead me, Lord. I will go. You have called me. Oh, I will answer. Lead me, Lord. I will. Come on, can you sing that as a prayer today? Lead me, Lord. I Lead me, Lord, oh, I will go, you have called me, I will answer, lead me, Lord, I will go, oh, lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. If it's just to the next tree, if it's next to the next hill, if it's just to the next bend of the road, I will go. You have called me. I will answer. Lead me, Lord. I. I will go, lead me, Lord. I will follow. Lead me, Lord. I will go. You have called me. I will answer. One more time. Can we sing it? Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Lead me, Lord. I will go. You have called me. Oh, I will answer. Lead me, Lord. Oh, I will go. You have called me. Oh, you have called me. Sing. You have called me. I will answer. Lead me, Lord. I will go. Oh, you have called me. You have called me. I will answer, lead me, Lord. I say that one more time. You have called me. Oh, I will answer, lead me, Lord. I will go. One of the biggest misunderstandings is that doing the will of God and doing his purpose somehow insulates us from pain, problems, pressure. 
Just imagine for a moment what it would be like to have been the apostles, the first original 12 disciples and followers of Christ. You're sitting there doing what you're doing. You're mending a net, collecting taxes, and Jesus shows up and says, follow me, and you take off following him. And boy, what a wild ride it was. And then all of a sudden, it all comes crashing to a halt. And this man you're following is now being put on trial. And this man that you're following now being crucified and everything. And now you're scattered. And you're huddled up in a home afraid of if you're next. And I imagine somewhere along the line they wondered, what did we do wrong? Where did we miss it? But they didn't understand that there was a purpose being played out and all that. There was a transition that was happening. And that something was about to be revealed. You know what? If... Peter would have walked into churches today. Peter would have probably been told, you're not doing something right, Peter, because you've been abandoned, you've been forsaken. But what didn't understand was it was all a purpose of God. His purpose. His purpose. Father, today I pray you've orchestrated all this, God. You've orchestrated everything that's happening here today. I pray today in Jesus' name that you would... Give us the grace to walk in your purpose. Give us the grace to walk in your purpose. To walk according to your purpose. And to have the confidence that all things work together. All things work together. In Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands one more time and just thank him. Can we do that? Can we just thank him? Hallelujah. Let's just thank him. He's worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.